I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on the extended version of Inside Sources today. We'll be with you all the way till 3 o'clock. We'll do it all week long this week. And uh, hope you're off to a, uh, a fabulous Monday. Before the break, uh, we were going through some of the uh, political things that were going on. Had a great chat with Herb Scribner. I, I just cannot believe that Fortnite could give away $30 million in prize money, including $3 million to the winner of the tournament, 16-year-old. Uh, I just think that has ruined homework threats for all parents everywhere. I, I just don't know how you're going to get back and recover from that one. Uh, but as always, we appreciate Herb joining us. And I wanted to get to a, a couple of other things as we've been going through the day today. Uh, I've, I've still just been struck by our interview uh, with uh, Congressman Rob Bishop from Utah's uh, first congressional district. And, you know, we often talk about politicians. Uh, obviously, they, they have challenging jobs in unique circumstances uh, they're either in the House, they're one of 435. In the Senate, they're one of 100. And, and yet they're they're one of 535 that uh, really chart a lot of the policy course for the country that impacts the economy and jobs, impacts our local communities. And I, I just was so struck with Rob's approach to his decision not to run. Uh, because he he went through the process. In fact, it was interesting in in talking with Rob. He he often complains and and tries to fix the process of how Congress is functioning. Because if the process is bad, uh, the results are usually bad. Occasionally, you'll get lucky. You'll you'll get a flyer on something, uh, but it's pretty rare. And so I love the fact that Rob Bishop went through the right process to get to the right decision. That matters, and that is such a good example. Uh, many of you have heard on this program as I've interviewed potential candidates or candidates for office, and I, I always ask, what's the vision? What's the vision? Not just a vision of yourself in office, not just a vision of you having a, a good job or a lot of no, notoriety or opportunities to go on media. What's the real vision? And then the second question I always ask is, what's going to make all of this worth it? Campaigns are really hard. Campaigns are, are brutally tough. And you're incredibly vulnerable. And a lot of things get said that aren't true. What's going to make all of that worth it, even if you run and lose? That's a good question to ask a candidate. What's going to make it worth it? What's the conversation? What do you hope people think different? What do you hope people do different as a result of you running for office? Because in the end, it shouldn't matter whether you win or lose. 
If you've changed the conversation, that's a huge win. That's a big deal. And so if you have that kind of vision, and if you're willing to say this is going to be worth it because I'm going to promote this principle or this set of policies, and even if I run and lose, it still will have been worth it because I will have been able to have this conversation with the people that live in my area. And that's a good thing. The other question you ought to ask yourself always about candidates is what would this person do to make a difference in the world if they weren't in office? Really good question. Would they still be involved? Would they still be engaged in their community? Would they still be finding ways to add value and use their skills to make a difference and serve the community? Good questions. Uh, but I especially like the fact that Rob Bishop went through, and and I've mentioned it several times on this program in the past, that walking through the United States Capitol at night uh, was always one of my favorite things to do as chief of staff, and it was always very late. And you get to that rotunda, and there are a few things that are more majestic than the United States Capitol rotunda at night with nobody else there. And I would love to go there and and just sit. I'd sit on one of those wooden benches and just kind of take it in. Midnight in the Capitol Rotunda, it's all quiet, great place to think. But I would always sit in a way that I could see uh, my favorite mural in the Capitol, and that is of George Washington resigning his commission. First time, I think, in the history of the world that the commander of the conquering army who had ultimate power gave it all back. And I think that was part of Rob Bishop's process that he went through over the last few months uh, was to say, I'm not irreplaceable. Everybody's replaceable. And we need more people in politics who believe that who believe that they can go to Washington or to the state capitol or to the local mayor's office or city council office and can make a difference for a season. That's what the founders wanted. Go in for a season, work like crazy, make a difference, do some good, and then get out of town, (laughs) go home, go back to your family, go back to private life, go back to private business and make a difference there. That's the proper model, and that's the thing that we should be striving for, and we just have to expect more. So, I again, I I really appreciated today, Rob Bishop, his process. Uh, We don't talk about that enough. What was the process to get to that point? And and Rob rightly pointed out, you know, how many politicians say, well, you know, a lot of people were really encouraging me to run, or a lot of people have told me I I just, you know, I can't step down now. I'm just too important, too powerful uh, you know, have all the right things or the right committee assignments. And you can play that game forever. But I, uh, we've often said that, uh, you know, people start whispering in your ear that way, that you are irreplaceable. We have to have you. You got to run just one more time. And you get a few people whispering that in your ear. And it, I mean, it sounds like the Tabernacle Choir, uh, that you are the one, the indispensable one. And... Again, most of those people are usually political consultants or people who will benefit greatly from you staying in office. And so, you know, being able to push all of that aside and say, nope, not going to do that. Uh, I've served my time. I've done what I said I was going to do. 
and now I'm going to move on, uh, is very admirable and should be both emulated and celebrated. And uh, kudos to Representative Rob Bishop, uh, who will still be in office again for about another year and a half uh, until January of 2021. And we'll start talking about who might take that seat, who's going to run for that seat uh, in the days ahead. We'll we'll find that out. But I I suspect that Rob Bishop is not done uh, in terms of his impact there in Washington. He still has a, a number of things that he can do over the next year or so, especially during an election year. And as someone who will not be campaigning, he will not have to campaign and raise money and do all those other things that politicians normally have to do. So it'll be interesting to see what Rob carves out uh, for his uh, final year plus in office in the United States Congress. Uh, Also, just want to send out uh, our condolences once again to the uh, Matheson family. Uh, Former First Lady of Utah, Norma Matheson, passing away at the age of 89 today. An extraordinary family. even though we were on different sides of the aisle, we would usually say we're the right Mathesons, they're the left Mathesons. Uh, we're connected somewhere by genealogy down the line, but uh, they were class uh, class act all the way. And Norma Matheson uh, had a great agenda and did a lot of great things for the state of Utah here. All right, we're going to step aside for our final break. When we come back, we'll talk about the inescapable trust of leadership. Don't go anywhere. This is Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment for a Monday. Hope you're having a great one out there. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. And uh, we have been uh, pushing it all the way today. A lot of ground to cover, a lot of things happening both here in the state of Utah, in Washington, and across the country. Uh, if you missed any of our segments today, you can go on to the KSL News Radio app or to KSL.com and catch the podcast, which will be up uh, later on this afternoon. So you can always go back and re-listen to a segment if uh, you missed something or if you were riding in the car and uh, didn't have a chance to jot a note, uh, make sure you go back and listen to the podcast on uh, again KSL News Radio app or KSL.com. All right. In our final segment today, I want to I want to get to principle. And the the principle I want to get to is integrity. And I want to remind everybody who may text in, (laughs) these principles do not belong to a political party or to any politician or to any business leader or any community leader. These are just principles. And so I want to share with you today uh, this, this principle around integrity. And the integrity of leadership, because it's it's the essence of trust, and trust is what we're lacking in the country right now. Uh, we don't have trust in government or big institutions. We've lost our trust in a lot of our leaders uh, or so-called leaders. And so I want to just go through that. And I'm not assigning this to the left, to the right, to the Democrats, to the Republicans. I don't care where you fall on the political map or where you fit in business or in your community. I just want to talk about the principle. So here's the principle. And the principle is integrity. Integrity. Uh, I first got this from uh, Sherry Dew, who's the executive vice president here at uh, Deseret Management Corporation and our chief content officer. She said this, anything that lacks integrity is unstable. A bridge, 
a skyscraper that has structural integrity simply does what it was built to do. May not be perfect, could have flaws, but here's the here's the kicker. Under stress, under pressure, under repeated use, it will do what it was built to do. Even in extreme circumstances, it will do what it was designed to do. On the other hand, something that lacks that structural integrity, at some point it's going to fail. Under pressure, difficult situation, it will collapse. And Sherry Du gave this wonderful example from 1949. World's first jet airliner, the British-made de Havilland Comet. And when the de Havilland Comet came on the scene, it was front and center, undisputed leader. It was going to change air travel forever. Until three of the de Havilland Comets unexpectedly disintegrated in midair, killing everybody on board. Uh, So, of course, the planes were grounded. Puzzled engineers worked over and over to figure out what had happened. I mean, they had operated just flawlessly in all of their tests. Uh, And then suddenly they would break apart in midair. They couldn't figure out what it was. And so the engineers actually set up a fuselage of one of the jets in a large pool. And they pumped water in and out to simulate what happens at pressurization as the plane would take off or land. So they did it over and over and over again. Nothing Everything worked just fine. Everything just worked fine until they found these microscopic cracks around the windows. So that repeated pressurization suddenly would create these microscopic cracks to form around the rectangular windows. And those little cracks eventually turned into gaping holes, which caused these planes to disintegrate and fall apart in midair. So it lacked structural integrity. The pressurized circumstances revealed what the comet really was at its core. It was a pretender. (laughs) It looked sleek. It looked powerful. It was going to change the world, but it lacked integrity. It lacked that structural integrity. So let's translate that a little bit now. Public service is often filled with pressure, uncomfortable situations of all kinds. And so the question is always going to be for those that we put in high office, those who lead organizations and companies and communities, what's going to happen when they or their staff, for that matter, are continually put in those pressurized situations? Do they have the kind of integrity to withstand it? Uh, Because I firmly believe that integrity is critical to leadership of any kind. Uh, Some say that as long as a person is competent or effective in their role, then, you know, whatever they do in their private life shouldn't matter. Private integrity doesn't matter in public service. Now, think about think about what people are saying there. (laughs) So let's let's apply it to the business world. Would you want your would you want your banker to have personal integrity in their personal life? Would you want your doctor to be truthful Uh, Not just when the doctor's talking to you, but when she's at home with family. Uh, Would we want the the teachers of our children to to be honest in their interaction with us and with others? Uh, Think of those who handle vital intelligence information, things that are important to our country's security. Uh, Those folks cannot have any gaps 
or lapses in, in their integrity. So as we look at this era that we live in, where dishonesty and scandal has really undermined a lot of our confidence in public leaders, it starts with each one of us. How are we doing in our structural integrity? Is our word our bond? Is what we say what we actually do when we make a commitment, whether that commitment is to a boss or to a friend or a neighbor or a child? Do we do what we said we would do? And are we allowing little things in our lives to create those little microscopic cracks in our structural integrity uh, that might one day, when we are under pressure or in a pressurized, difficult situation, turn into a gaping hole or cause us to crumble? Uh, I want to go back to the first inaugural address of George Washington, 1789. George Washington said this. He hoped that, quote, the foundations of our national policy will be laid in the pure and immutable principles of private morality. He called on free government to exemplify the attributes that will make its citizens proud and command the respect of the world. So the kind of public and private morality that Washington called for in our nation's leader uh, didn't require any of them to be perfect. We know they weren't. We know Washington wasn't perfect, and he knew it. But it did necessitate integrity and congruency, regardless of the situation. And we've seen this over and over throughout history. You see these seemingly great women and great men who suddenly get exposed as being less than noble or less than genuine, sometimes even less than human, uh, when they're put in those pressurized situations when they have power, fame, influence. And you also see some of those folks from history who seemed pretty ordinary, ordinary women, ordinary men, who when they were thrust into that difficult pressurized situation rose up to extraordinary heights of courage, of character, selflessness. And that's where we have to get. Uh, no, there's no perfect politicians, there's no perfect business leaders, there's no perfect community leaders. But we can expect more, not less. And to me, that's the message today. Is trust matters, integrity matters, leadership matters. And we can't just keep accepting what we've been getting. Because as a nation, if we allow little microscopic cracks to creep into our culture, uh, eventually those are going to turn into gaping holes where private morality will be part of what destroys our freedom ultimately and the structural soundness of the nation. And we have to get back to that. Now more than ever, uh, we need to recognize that inescapable trust and integrity is part of this great American experiment. And we will not succeed without it. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us on a Monday. We're going to hand it off to the great Grant. We'll take control as we go out into the world. As always, make sure that you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Grant, over to you. Thank you very much. It's good to be here with you today. <laughs>